0: Quiet on the set and action. Welcome to Media and Monuments Podcast, presented by Women in Film and Video in Washington, D.C. Media and Monuments is conversations featuring industry pros speaking on a wide range of topics of interest to media makers.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Media and Monuments podcast. Today, I, your host, Tara Jabari, is interviewing sarah Lisa Fulm, a German actress and filmmaker who has a production company, Poison, a Berlin cultural production company that realizes films, exhibitions, and moving moments. She also has an upcoming film, The Silent Forest, that she directed being released in the U.S. in 2023. Welcome, sarah Lisa. Hi, thank you for having me. I had been interviewing uh, an Italian filmmaker last season about the film industry and his experience in Italy and the different audiences. Uh, So we wanted to work with other filmmakers uh, from other countries as well and hear from their perspective. Um, So you were born and raised in Germany?
2: Yes, I was born and raised here. And so like my whole film upbringing is also in the the German industry.
1: And how did you get started in filmmaking? I started
2: as an actress, but not in the like normal way, or I didn't start. It's complicated because the education for actors in in Germany is mostly related to theater. So if you want to go in the film industry, there is not like the film industry education. So many actors um in the film industry are not educated in acting or do it on the job. And it was the same for me. I went to Hamburg and I started working with the first director, Klaus Lemke. Um, and yes, he was kind of crazy. Um, guy and so I started making films with him for, for broadcasting and for cinema and this is how how all started.
1: Yeah um, we got introduced because my cousin um, Malakoff Kowalski uh, is a, a music composer and he's a musician uh, and he grew up in Germany, And so he said, yeah, I, I know a very talented filmmaker, Sarah Lisa, um, just so you know, her films are a bit unique. And I went, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so <laughs> could and, and you just mentioned that the first kind of director that you really worked with in films was uh, kind of a crazy person. Um, what uh, can you elaborate a little bit? Um, I think what was so special about
2: him is that he was very successful with his first films and they were released and they were... Like really, they won prizes and he was very successful, but then he decided not to work within the normal industry anymore. He didn't want to have like all the people talking about what should be done and how it should be done, but went to a really small production. So everybody got like 50 bucks a day and we were shooting and you had to bring your own costume. You had to bring your own um like co-actors. So it was like, okay, bring somebody along. And we were discussing like how the film will evolve. It w- there wasn't a script, but it was not, it was not like, um, we came there and did something, but we were talking about it. So sometimes we sat there for three days and didn't continue shooting because we didn't know what would the, the protagonist do if she has the weapon because this was the last thing we were shooting and then you know we were discussing together and i think this is quite special working with um not so much money but like everybody having the same and really developing the film on on the go and this is something some sort of freedom that he wanted to have after doing this big broadcasting productions that he didn't like anymore and actually i i know Malakov uh, from From shooting with Klaus Lemke. So this is where we got to know each other and where we both started making films. He was a musician before, but he didn't um, compose for for films. And for me, it was the same. I was like acting in school or something, but never for films. So this is like how our friendship started and how filmmaking started for us.
1: It's quite an introduction to filmmaking then, (laughs) where they're like, there's no script could you bring some extras (laughs) Um, and all that like really indie films, which is exciting of why we like to tell stories um, and things. It sounds, I I feel like I've heard a couple of filmmakers like that too, and uh, that they don't really have a script. They have an idea and then you all just go with the flow and it becomes a collaboration. Um, So you started in, Acting, but is the Silent Forest your first film that you've directed, like full feature film?
2: It's, it's the first uh, full feature film, yes.
1: And I and I saw in your Vimeo that you've directed a couple of, is it shorts and documentaries? Um I directed a short and some music videos.
2: And I am directing a documentary, but this one takes quite some time. So I started before, or like the development was during I did the, the first feature, but it takes us much longer because like for a documentary, we need more time. And yes, so it goes parallel, but the documentary isn't finished by now.
1: And so how did you decide to go from just acting to start directing? Mm -hmm.
2: I think as I started with this um, special filmmaker who made me not only come to set and do what he says, but who really asks, like, what would the protagonist do and how should the story evolve and what would she wear and where would she go and can you organize the location and stuff? It was like when I started acting the real way, it was like, okay, that's cool. And I really love it. But there's also something else, which is making the film, producing the film, directing the film, which I also liked in working with him. So I I think I wanted to prepare myself to have this kind of space where I can really develop films and maybe finding some freedom But also with being more organized than he is, because I'm not that spontaneous, actually. So I wanted to have like a free space, which is much more organized. And this is when I founded my own company, which came before I started directing. I always wanted to direct, but... I also wanted to have the space to, to start directing, like with music videos and stuff and without waiting for somebody else to say, oh, maybe you can do that. I just wanted to try within small productions. And so I started my production company and I started producing, um, a film by, by a friend of mine. So this is, I was acting in his first short and the second one I produced. And then, so now we are still working together. And this is how I just wanted to be involved in all the things regarding telling stories. And I really love it. And we really started producing other people. So it was not the the idea in the beginning to pr- only produce myself, but we started producing others. And then I figured out, okay, now I did a short and then I did another music video. And then I was in so much um development also, reading much more scripts, um, adapting stuff, talking to filmmakers. So now I'm, I've done enough to direct a piece on my own. And now I really love it because I think I learned so much about every job while doing the other job. Like I learned so much about acting when I'm directing. And I learned so much about, um, I don't know, directing w- when I'm producing. Or, how a script has to work when i'm when I come into the editing suite and I'm only the producer. I learned so much about what we should have done differently while writing the script. And it's like I think all these things are connected, and sometimes you see better when you look from the outside than from the inside.
1: yeah, that's an interesting point. I've heard in the past they say like you become a better actor when you be direct or you become a better director when you also act or something. So you are echoing the same mentality and, and explaining why. Um, I have two questions. One is a little bit more, could be a little bit controversial, but in American film, it's become more and more aware that there's not a lot of diversity in voices, not a lot of different genders involved in the behind the scenes as well as in front of the screen um do you find that uh, when you're on a set are you one of the few females and is that something that you're hoping to change or has that ever been really in your mindset when you started working in film in germany
2: um i consider myself to be a heartfelt intense feminist so um, or even intersectional feminist so this always has been a topic to us and it's really complicated but i think it gets better on set but sometimes it feels quite different between the sets that we are producing and sets that i'm going to somewhere else so we really try hard and also um like you know, all the, the things that need to be an extra mile, like having a mother as a camera woman. This is what many people still makes feeling afraid. We are not. We are doing this and we love doing this, but I think there's still a long way to go. And the most important thing is the more money is involved and the more decision makers are involved, the more men you're facing. So this is just what happens. And the more white these men are, and this is still the reality. And over the years, we were also collecting uh, many studies and uh, reading all of them. And then it's like, yes, it gets better. And then, yes, but it's still like things being better is like now we have 25% or we have of uh, women, or, and then we have all the other issues with representation, of course, and then on the other hand, also for us, I think at the moment it's a big question, are we allowed or shall we ask people about their identity? I think this is another problem, and if we want freedom, not everybody wants to tell you I'm from this or that group, which makes me somebody who faces discrimination. Some people just don't want to tell. And I think it's their right. They are, they are facing discrimination already. And now they, they are forced to tell in a writer's room where they are from or what they believe in. And this is really complicated at the moment. So I think everybody knows something has to change, but we don't have the, a heartfelt normal in this change so there are many strategies and i think not all of them are perfect so it's it's still complicated
1: yeah it is complicated but it's good to know it's not just us <laughs> um that notice we need more voices and it was interesting when you said so so and not to out anyone but you mentioned some people don't want to talk about where they come from or be that different voice have you personally seen that with people you've worked with um
2: uh, i just heard a story about someone who didn't friend of a friend of mine and this person didn't want to tell about their heritage which was like um really of a of a group facing discrimination and the person was just i don't want to come out here in it but they had someone who forced everyone to talk about their identity. And then um this person had to leave the writer's room. The person is facing discrimination in his whole life and then telling, okay, I don't want to talk about it. And by not talking about it, the discrimination comes again. This really made me think. And this really made me really feel terrible because Of course, somehow to to make a group more diverse, I have to know that the people are from diverse groups. So, there's something good in it, but on the other hand, it it can be bad as well, so it's always hard.
1: Yeah, just as much as we're like, if you have a different voice, you want to be heard, but you might not want to be that voice. (laughs) Right. Yes. So everyone needs to kind of respect what an individual is comfortable sharing. I think so too.
2: And I think on the other hand, we we have this discussion as well a lot is we can't change everything within our industry because there are so many people who never even have the chance to come into the industry cause like they can't attend the right schools, they can't attend film schools, they don't have the money to not earning money, which is a really long period. If you wanna become a director, there is a long period you're not earning enough. So the only possibility to do so, or for me it was cool cause I had the opportunity to act or to produce, but if you really focused on directing in Germany, it takes quite a long time of education, of internships, of learning before you can make a living out of it. So many people don't even have the possibility to be part of this industry. And then sometimes it's complicated when we figure, okay, most of the producers are just white. Um, Where shall the others come from if we prohibit them somehow from going to the right schools and to, to get the internship without money if they can't afford it. So many things that we are facing in the film industry, I believe, come from a whole societal problem that we have to face as well.
1: Yeah. And so I guess it sounds like we're going in the right way because, as they say, the first step is to admit that there's a problem. (laughs) Um, And so it just takes some time, but it's good to have these conversations. And as you you know, you started Poison, your own production company, and, and getting a little bit more, um, oh, do I have enough voices on set? Because then it kind of helps represent the audience so that they can connect more. So these are baby steps, and that's why I wanted to speak to you about that and how German filmmakers are going through it, too, because it's an important issue and topic. My other question was now you produce, you write do you edit or you're kind of like in the editing room? No. In the editing room. <laughs> but I'm
2: I'm not an editor and I'm also not a musician. There are many directors who do music and who do the editing, but that's not my yeah. field and I think I will never get there. So I'm really happy to have great people working with me and sharing their experience and yes I'm also I'm also not holding one of the cameras or something oh this yes is
1: not okay. well <laughs> out of all the things that you've been able to do and ha- um, what has been your favorite aspect and what has been your least favorite um, I
2: think I really like to have these different kinds of work I'm not good in being on set all the time i really love it and i would love to shoot like for 60 days or 80 days straight i would love to do that one day but i think after that i really like to be alone at home i i can stay there for quite a long time and nobody coming and just just writing or just um sorting stuff or my maybe even do do the numbers but i really there are people that are outgoing all the time and there are people that never want to talk to somebody else, like the writer that never wants to, to ever direct. But for me, the best thing is the mixture. And I really love to, to be with a project from the early beginning to the end. So also when I'm working with a director or I don't know, with a writer, I love to start pretty early and really develop the film or the series or whatever from scratch and then really be there until the end. I think this is something I, I really love. And also being involved in like the design of the poster or in the, in the discussion about the contracts. It's just like having these projects as your babies. And I think this is, um, and even in the different roles, I, I like to be with the projects.
1: Now, you are currently kind of promoting The Silent Forest. Uh, So can you share a little bit more about that film?
2: Um, The Silent Forest is is based on a novel written by Wolfgang Fleischhauer. And I was working with the author before. He was writing um, the script for another film we did together with the director. And so we met each other and the novel is written by him. And he gave it to me because I'm from Bavaria as well, and he thought that the story I might like it, and I really did. And I decided, okay, I I can do something special with it. Or it's I think there's often the question like, does it matter to the film if I direct it or somebody else? And I was sure it does because I really knew it and. It's the story of a young forestry student, Anja Grimm, and she's going back to the region where her father went missing 20 years ago. They were on a vacation and he went missing and now she's back there and she figures out that there are soil anomalies. She can read that. She's really good in it. This is her job now and she thinks she might find her father, but then somebody gets killed and... In, nobody wants her there. So it's, you said you're, you are. I watched the trailer and it was him?
1: spooky.
2: Yeah. So it really gets a little bit spooky. And she figures there's a much deeper, um, history behind that. And it's much, um, much worse than only her father missing. And this is what she,
1: what she figures in the film. So are you touring across the continent of Europe? To promote the film currently. Um,
2: at the moment, I'm I'm mainly in in Germany, but um, I will go to Amsterdam pretty soon with it, and I think most European countries will will start next year also with showing it. But I had the great pleasure to go to um, Mexico this year. I was there for two months and with two festivals as well. So I was showing the film there and I thought, oh, it's, it's a super German story. It's like in, in the German forest and in the woods. And it's with a hard dialect and stuff. Who would ever be interested in it? And the, the reactions in Mexico were amazing because it was also about like people gone missing which is really a big topic in in Latin America. And it's also about the involvement of the police somehow. And this was really amazing for me because I think it's the typical thing of doing a local thing that has like a universal topic that even if it's so small and it's really in this very region, it touches what people in other countries might feel or are being afraid of. And so it's really cool to, to travel with a film and to see what others can read and see and feel with it.
1: Yeah, that was what I wanted to ask you is, as you're traveling to all these different countries, have you noticed a difference on how audiences respond based on the country with uh, your film or just in films in general, German films in general?
2: I think what's really interesting is there is not a big audience within theatrical for German genre films in Germany. Mm. This is this is interesting on one hand, and, and so the Silent Forest people more see like the the thriller aspect, the mystery thriller, the small horror elements, and also it's like something that is more in history. So we have. Quite political discussion as well when I show it in, in Germany and then it gets quite different, also more about aesthetics and so on when I go to other countries. But I think with this film, it, it's more, it's more easy. But I was producing a comedy before and I think translating a satirical comedy is like the worst for a film to travel. Like, Translation of humor. This is complicated. And it's so, well, this was crazy. So I think it always depends, of course, on the topic and on the genre, how films travel. But sometimes it's, it's also traveling within the own country between different uh, groups of age or groups of, are they living in the city or in the countryside or what they like? So, This is always an exciting moment to see how different groups react and what they feel.
1: Comedy is probably the hardest thing. Even in, I find some American film comedies, I'm like, I don't get the humor. And so, and I'm American. So imagine going to Germany or Mexico or somewhere and they're like, I don't get it. Why is a fart joke so funny? (laughs) Because maybe it's not. How can people learn more and and find out how they can watch The Silent Forest um, on your website?
2: Yes, the film will be released in the U.S. at 27th of January. And the distributor is Blue Fox Entertainment. So I think they will have all the information on their website as soon as we will hit theatrical release in in the us so i think in january we will know hopefully how many cinemas will show it and yes we're really excited about that
1: well danke right did i say right yes okay uh for being on the podcast and yes we'll have all of that in the show notes so thank you
0: great Thank you for listening to Media and Monuments, a service of women in film and video in Washington, D.C. Please remember to review, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. For more information about WIF, please visit our website at WIF, as in Frank, V, as in Victor.org. That's a wrap!